Today on The Breakdown, it's the biggest prize in the history of poker. It's the biggest prize in the history of poker. That's right, $23 million in the $1.05 million buy-in tournament. That's right, it's the 2019 Triton Helping Hand for Charity event. But these guys aren't helping anyone. They're taking as much money as they can from everyone, including poor people and sick people. That's what you do when you're a poker pro, right? Mm -hmm. Or just a whale. That's the entire group of players. The whole player pool here is um, just guys who steal from the poor. (laughs) So anyway, uh, that, that part may not be true. But first place being $23 million is true. And 11 players are going to get paid. We are still a bit away from the money, to be clear. But we are going to observe and report on a hand played by Alfred DeCarolis and another guy named Putra. Do we know his first name, Grant? We do not. Putra. And it is a hand that, well, both these guys are not poker pros. We're almost certain. Uh, there is a, a pretty elite play made in this, in this spot. And when you combine it with the stakes that are really in play here, it makes for one of the more intriguing hands that we've done in a while. And so we're going to dive deep into this pool of math and game theory. We're going to swim around a little bit. Look at this site. <laughs> yeah, right, let's go. It's the breakdown. Great. This is Josh Levy. <laughs> Really stretching your legs there, huh? Just, just out, out on a nice little stroll. <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, I'm like, I'm not done. I don't feel done yet. So, got to yeah. come up with some more things to say. And then there was nothing. I don't blame you, but we've done probably six to seven hands from this event over the past three months because yeah. they published the entire event recently, even though it occurred in 2019. Yeah. And every time you talk about like how special it is that the prize pool is what it is, yeah. despite having done many hands from it. It um, is special. It is special. By it, the way, you undersold the buy-in. It's 1.05 million pounds, which at oh the time God. was one and a quarter million dollars. I undersold it. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, the total prize pool was in dollars, almost 66 million of those smackies. Uh, the smackies. The smackies. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's even more than I was saying. It's it's. 25% more than the big one for one drop. It's about 20% more, but yeah. Okay, yeah. But st- on oh, no, no, you're no, right. No, 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 you're right. You're right. You went I'm the sorry. wrong way. No, I, was, I, I misunderstood what you were saying. It's not that I got the math wrong on that. Uh, I thought you were doing the conversion rates between the pound and the dollar at that time, no. which was about 20% more. That's I was just jump, my jump to, I stopped listening to you, and yeah. you see what happens when I don't listen. Lots of th- Think of how successful you could be. If you just listen to me every once in a while. What are you talking? <laughs> what were you saying? I thought maybe you were thinking about it. I was thinking about Rick and Morty. And, oh, uh, yeah. What about I've been it? watching that a lot lately again. Again? Well, it's on, uh, there's a channel on the, on the Oculus Quest where you can just watch every Rick and Morty episode, just, just commercial free. Just, it's just on a loop. And so I just pop in sometimes and watch some Rick and Morty. So that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. You weren't talking to me. No, I was talking to Rick and Morty. Yeah. I was thinking about Rick and Morty. That's weird. It's a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an... I got I to gotta do better. It's a bad joke. It's, too, it's an overdone joke, right? The you not talk listening. You talk about me yeah, listening yeah. more than I pretend not to Yeah, you should, be, that's be, the you should be beyond that by now. I like agree. That's, that's like your, your 
your dugout, like just tossing the ball a little bit before you go in the game. Like it's May 2014. It's our first couple of podcasts. Let's get a few winners under the belt before we start actually talking about all of the horrible shit we want to talk about that we think is funny. The only way I can do that joke, I should, because obviously I did it. But the only way I should do that joke is if I've got, if I have like perfect execution on it and then somehow it's really funny again, it's almost new. That was not perfect execution. I knew it wasn't going to be like, what am I doing? How about I wake up and deliver? You know what? I'm glad you're finally looking in the mirror here. You know what? If I listened to people more, I feel like I would have been very successful. See, it's not. No, that was good. I, that wasn't funny. No. That was you funny. Just, you just extended it and redoubled. That was funny. You don't, you no, the redoubling, the redoubling has been done. Oh, man. Maybe that, maybe mu- that, that would have been often. Maybe that would have been great in 2003 oh. when everybody was an idiot. I, I'm sorry. I didn't watch Friends, okay? I don't know all the Friends jokes. You didn't watch Friends? No, I didn't. You didn't, you didn't know about Phoebe? I know who Phoebe, Phoebe is. Phoebe. Phoebe. And I, I've seen little clips on YouTube, but not many even uh, of the Friends group. I didn't watch Friends either, but I do know there was a thing about ugly naked guy. I don't know what that is, but oh, yeah? I remember they, they, like, my mom watched Friends, and sometimes there would be episodes where they talked about ugly naked guy. So there's that. Hmm. You know, I, when, the way you just said that makes me yearn for about three minutes earlier in the podcast when we were when I was doing a just doing old retread jokes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and and everything you said so far makes me yearn for death. So I guess we're all working on the same thing. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um so you're you're an unhappy guy, right? <laughs> no, I'm a very happy guy. Oh you're a happy guy? Yeah. Oh that's good. No, it's just like the power that you have as far as how much you desecrate situations around you is that you take a very happy guy and make him yearn for death. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's indeed, that's, that's true power, right? Yeah. Because like, well, uh, I make him do something. Like most power is not really power at all, right? It's a transaction, right? Oh, the reason why I have power over my employees, for example, if I'm, if I'm a CEO or whatever. Is because I hit them. I pay them. So oh. that's not really, that's not actual power. That's a, that's a, that's a deal we've made. We now, said a different thing. You so mean, other people may not like that deal, but that's the deal we made. And so then they, so they, they're annoyed that they have to do the thing, but they're only doing the thing because I'm going to pay them later. And that's, they're fine with that, ultimately, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. So they may not be fine with it, but they, they, may, they may not have other options. It's different oh, than that's being fair. That's different that's than being fair. fine with it. You're right. You're right. There's, there's different levels of this, of course. I'm not trying to do a whole thing. I'm not trying to do a we're class. Doing a, we're doing a whole <laughs> class <laughs> warfare <laughs> right here on the poker podcast. Class warfare at all. I was speaking just of poker pod, of, uh, yeah. not poker pod, speaking of class warfare, we're yeah, doing apparently the reverse Robin Hood tournament, according to your opening. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> <laughs> These are the worst people. They just basically. Will, yeah, short of short of some dictators in some documentaries that you know that where they they'll see people. they'll see an armless homeless mother on the street and they'll reach into her cup as if to to give money, but they'll just take the money. That's right. Despite so, them having pocket change to throw away on a one point two five million dollar tournament, that's what they'll do. I mean, what do you think makes Brent that's what Poochro does? What do you think <laughs> makes Brent Kenny great? Is it going? Is it he's trying to slice out every single percentage of expected right. value he possibly can? Point one percent better this place than that. I'm making it. So you better believe yeah, when he think, sees a blind guy with a cup yeah. You of think change. you think Sam Sovereign takes it too far? <laughs> Wait till you hear what these guys do. <laughs> okay, there we go. We found some good stuff. <laughs> we got there. No, we have we have no idea about the character no, of any of these people. Of course, no, it's it's really unfair what we just said about these guys. But mm-hmm. uh, clearly, in jest. So, uh, if I was Britton Kenny, I might be a little annoyed by this. Who cares? I don't. Great. Um, 
So we know basically nothing about Putra, including his first name. Really nothing. We know Alfred de Carolus once acted. He was in a 1992, I think, movie. Yeah. And now they, he's written up as an actor, but he is not an actor. He's the owner of a, it looks like a series of restaurants. In he's LA. a restaurant mogul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of money. Yeah. Or else lot, he, lot, he's lot. not playing this tournament. If I mean, either he has a lot of money or he is the worst at managing money besides Bryn Kenny of all time in that he's playing this tournament and is definitely one of the amateurs. I mean, he's tweeting about G4s, which are planes, yeah. private planes. So I think he's just got a lot of money. He's taking photos of himself like at courtside seats at like uh, what was then a Staples Center, you know, with young ladies and things like that. Young ladies? Yeah. I think it actually may be uh, Shamath's wife because it says he added Shamath there. So on the, on the tweet. Anyway, I don't mean to get too deep into well, yeah, I think you do. Alfred Carroll's Twitter feed. It ain't Chips Ahoy. You know, it, it, uh, really, it ain't Oreo, which is, as we know, the king of the, the snack Twitter feeds. Yes. Yeah. But everyone knows that. Yeah. King of the cookie, king of the snack Twitter feeds. What, what else is there for Oreo to conquer at this point? Presidency? Has Government? There, is has there, there ever been left? an Oreo atop Mount Everest? I don't know the answer. For sure there has. Like a wow, million for percent. for sure? A million percent. A million percent. Yeah. That's a lot for a guy who claims to know math. That's 10,000 times 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, a million for Like, guaranteed an Oreo's made it to the top of uh, Mount Everest. So like, bet, guaranteed. Would you bet your life against a dollar on that? I would not bet my life against a dollar. Because what is the point? Why would I? Why would I? Like, winning to a dollar To prove that it. you mean what you say. That is, you have to. I'd have to win a meaningful amount of money to put my life up. Okay, just it. then forget about the money on the other side. Okay, would you just put your life up on? <laughs> would I just yeah, slip my throat so it's a free roll yeah. for the the guy who wants to stab me, i.e., you? Yeah. Um, I guess I would not do that. No. So when I say a million percent, what I really mean is ninety nine point xxx percent. Clearly. Okay. Right. But I do think I would do like a hundred to one type of a bet on that for sure. Like not for a huge amount of money because I can be wrong, but like. Sure, you want to go like your $10 to my 1000 if there was a way to prove this, which of course there is. Of course not. But, um, but I would do that, like if it was provable at all, because I am sure, you know how many people have gone to the top of Mount Everest? Like, you don't think they, anyone ever brought an Oreo? Of course they did. It's an know. Oreo. It's pretty, it's like pretty important, the things that you bring when you, like every piece of weight matters a lot. That is true for, the, for people the first time they go. But the more you go, the easier the whole thing gets, it's and the more you know it. never actually easy. The Sherpas do fine, man. They don't do it as often as it seems. But, they, but it's not hard. It is hard. It's <laughs> easy for them. Oh, it's not easy. They not only bring Oreos, they bring, like, How many mountaineering... Other, they um, bring other fun, um, like, toys and tasks. Here's the deal. In the past month, I've watched two mountaineering documentaries. Are you serious? Yeah. The Alpinist? Did you watch that one? Yeah, The Alpinist, which is great, by yeah, the way. I've heard it's really good. Yeah, you should watch it. It's, yeah. I mean, it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's quite good. The other one is not as good, in my opinion, but it's... I forgot what it's called, Eight Peaks or something. It's, it's a guy who, oh, yeah. like, does... That's, that's more in line with this, where he actually does, like, mountaineering like this. The Alpinist is more about a dude who does, like, sheer cliff faces in the, Alp, in the Alpine stuff. So, yeah. So your point is, my point is, I know more about this than you do. You know what they say? Uh, give a guy a little bit of information and boy, they think they're a fucking genius. And here we, we can see I'm it pretty sh- out right in front. So of you us. think it's easy once you've gone up Mount Everest <laughs> to go again? I think there are people who've got uh, how many? There's some people who've, who've traversed Mount Everest many times, correct? At least a couple. Yeah. At least a couple. I don't think people go like all the time. All the time is really different than a couple. Yeah. Maybe once a season. 
Oh, I think probably not even once a season, except for some Sherpas. Like, yeah. But I mean, like, even just like tourist type guys, but like rich people who just like have gone, you know, every three years they go or something like that. There's, there, maybe there's one guy who goes every season, but like, you know, it's several months of your life. You can't yeah. just, you can't, I, maybe there's one guy, but um, you don't think any of them ever bought an Oreo up there? Because I don't have space. You can't. It's a no. I'm onto pocket. this new thing where you're saying it's easy. <laughs> oh, okay. We moved on. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally easy once you've done it. Right. You get used to it, man. It's, it's like, like running a marathon. The next day you can run a marathon. <laughs> and it's super easy. Well, you probably take a little time, but the second, the next marathon's easier than the first one, right? It really depends on what shape you're in, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever shape you were in, you're probably in better shape now that you've run the marathon. What right? kind of logic is that? What do you mean? I mean, you get in great shape to get to the point where you run the marathon. Do you think people get in better shape after they run the marathon? Well, if you're, you said it depends on what kind of shape you're in. If yeah. you're in great shape already, you run the marathon, you don't think a little bit later, the next time you run a marathon, it'll be easier? You think it would be harder? That I think it's sense. likely that you would not maintain the shape unless you really went at it again at the same level you did. It's, it requires months of training to get to marathon shape. If, or, you're, in, if you're in bad shape... Or you run a marathon, you're, you've, you've just gotten yourself into better shape because you just did 26 No, miles. you have not because you fucked your body you were, up so bad you were that fat? Like, you're, you're going you're gonna to be... You're you gonna, were slow? If you're in bad shape and you run a marathon, you're going to fuck yourself up so bad that like, you're going to be on the couch for months and you're going to get in worse and worse shape. Nah, <laughs> that's not true. Okay. This is just what I said, guys. He watches two documentaries on mountaineering. And now he's talking about marathons like he's a fucking doctor. All right, let's do a marathon Classic bet. Classic Grant. Let's do a marathon bet. Okay, don't make it absurd and let's go. I want, I want to do a marathon bet. I don't know what it is. I just oh, want okay. to find a way. How about this? How about this? Um, I run a marathon. Wait, no. Yes. You run a marathon. <laughs> no, you run a marathon. You run a marathon, and then we see if you're in better shape after. Then when? Than before. That's not the point that you were making. <laughs> I don't care what the point I was making. I want wanted you to run a marathon because that sounds amazing. I will not run a marathon. Run a 10K, but no marathon. Thanks. Yeah, you love running. I don't love running. It's just my preferred form of exercise. So that's loving it. <laughs> <laughs> do you love the exercise you do? Actually, I kind of do now, but I'm doing different well, kinds of exercise. That's kind of like... Um, What's it called when you love your captor? What's that syndrome called? Stockholm yeah, syndrome. Yeah, you have it that. Not, it is not like that. No, you, it's exactly that. You don't understand the kind of exercise I'm doing, so that's why. It's a Stockholm type. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> no, I have these. I have a new VR headset, so I'm doing VR stuff, which is like super interesting and fun, and like it's tiring, but it's awesome. So suck it, Grant. Wrong again, Grant. Fucking guy watches like four YouTube videos on, Looks like, I don't know, technology, and now he's telling me about exercise. Okay, this Mr. VR headset, stealing from the poor, giving to the rich over here. <laughs> yeah, that's what I stole. Living, that VR, I stole that VR headset from, there's from a too, homeless there's, guy. There's too many poor people in reality. I have to go to virtual reality. I can't look at them. That's, why that's I, you. That's why I do That's it. you. That's what it's all about. In my apartment here, I go and I play in VR stuff, and it's because I'm afraid of all the homeless that are in my apartment with me that I don't want to see. <laughs> them you're not afraid of them you just despise them okay you're right i hate them i don't i'm not afraid yeah they're weak <laughs> <laughs> good show good show <laughs> okay all right well we so you're, you're it's, it's you and paris hilton's brother right you you guys are the yes. same <laughs> we just talked about this the other day yeah on the show right uh, he, no i think we were just oh so John, he uh, for, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about so paris hilton's brother this is many years ago now at least like five maybe ten years ago he was like on first class on a plane and was being unruly because, you know, he expects a certain level of service or something. Yeah. And so they, they, told, they kicked him off the plane. That's how unruly he was being. As they were taking him off the plane, he turned around and yelled at, I believe, everyone on the plane, not just people in coach, but everyone, 
peasants, you're all peasants, you're all fucking peasants, as they like dragged him off. That's very likable from a person who inherited all their money, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he, I guess he thinks he's royalty. And It seems to me that there wasn't a great job done raising that person to mm. adulthood. That's, that's what yep. it seems. It, that is fair. Yeah. You don't have your head on super straight when you're yelling at people that they're all peasants. When, as you even, well, no matter what the reason, yeah. by the way, but certainly when you didn't even make the money yourself, yeah. like it was just handed to you. Right. Yeah. Well, like, then, then it becomes kind of like a manifest destiny argument, like similar to a manifest destiny, like nobility, right? Yes. Like I deserve this just because of my bloodline. That's what I was saying, yeah. loyalty, right? Yeah, like, there, and there, therefore I am better than you. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's not the American way, man. Well, you know, guys like that, Screw it all up, though. Like, they screw up the family fortunes all the time. I don't know. The Hiltons might have enough that he won't. No, no, no. no. He'll do some damage, yeah. and then he'll pass it on to his kids, who will do more damage, and so on and so forth. And that's, like, almost always, and a few generations later, this money is gone. That's how it works. You know, Army Hammer is a product of this type of thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, did you know? They, so, Army Hammer, the actor from uh, some things. Social Network. Yeah, as the uh, Winklevi. Yes. In the social network, and then he was in that spy movie with Henry Cavill that didn't do that well. But it was good. What's it called? Man from Uncle. The Man from Uncle, and he's been in some other stuff. He was Superman. Army Hammer? Nope, that was Henry Cavill. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. He yeah. could have been Superman, maybe. But maybe, I don't know. Yeah. He was a uh, Lone Ranger in the Lone Ranger movie. Right. Whoa, but that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he he's, for a year or so ago, he was accused of a lot of stuff that was yes. not great sexually, um, including cannibalism or cannibalistic instincts? It was more instincts. I think he was talking about it, not actually doing it. Yeah, but I think if you do a bit of a deeper dive into it, it gets to be like, this guy would definitely do it. Yeah. But he's like an heir, third generation heir of like an oil tycoon fortune. Well, I assume Army Hammer's like part of the Arm and Hammer like Family, no, right? no, it's actually it's a baking soda fortune. No, no, <laughs> no. it's 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 Hammer Industries, oh, which is. is a different thing. It's different. Okay. Yeah. So Army Hammer somehow is not related to the Arm and Hammer. Like, yeah, that's that's crazy. Why would you name your kid I'm, Army? <laughs> I don't know. Like everyone's gonna think that unless unless they also do baking soda. They must also do baking I, soda. Either way, the point is okay. that guy with all of the shit that he's got going on seemed to be kind of making it independently, right, as an actor. Yes, he was. but then it turned out he's got a lot of personal demons, and I wonder if that's like a, a factor based on. His family history and like generational wealth, you know, like royalty level wealth type stuff manifesting in that way. Mm-hmm. It's a curiosity I have. It is absolutely interesting. You know, like when you're given everything, you don't have to. Yeah. Although he did work to like become a popular actor. Well, did he work to well, do that? Well, obviously nepotism plays a role, but he had to at least do some work to get to that point, right? Well, sure. I mean, yeah, he has to, he has to not suck. And he does not suck as yeah. an actor, for sure. Um, but... He gets opportunities that, like, like he had to do a lot less work probably than almost everybody else. Sorry, anyone who's in movies basically didn't have to do much work because almost everyone is related to someone. Mostly, yeah. Now, that's not always true. Meryl Streep wasn't, for example. Like, the really great ones actually aren't. I don't think Daniel Day-Lewis was either. I mean, like, Daniel, Day-Lewis, Daniel Day-Lewis was born in an egg in the desert. Like, he's... <laughs> well said. He's perfection. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, but most of the other actors are related to someone, and that's how they, that's how they get continue opportunities like i think they still like they don't usually cast people because they're related to someone but they get auditions they get in they know everyone they're at all the parties you're networked it's just everything's easier this is another reason why i say actors suck it's because they're not actually that good there's a million people who are better at almost every role because they're given these roles 
Anyway, we're off track here. You were, weren't you looking something up about Army, Army Hammer? Hammer. Yeah, Army yeah, yeah. I was Hammer. trying to find out if there was a connection, and uh, it does not look like there actually is. Wait, wait. Yes, his family owned um, some of the Arm & Hammer parent company, Church & Dwight. But, you know, this is a long article. I'm not going to read it all. Oh, it's no, you're too not. Much. It's, it's clearly a little more in-depth than that, and who cares? Yep. Army Hammer probably could have played this tournament. This was before all this stuff came out. So, so you know, he should have played. Arm & Hammer, interesting enough, was owned by Arm & Hammer. Did you know that? Like, the guy's first name was Armand. Really? Yeah, and they, so they call it Arm & Hammer at Baking Soda, which is kind of, kind of cool. But then to name someone... Army Hammer is, if he's not part of that, is really weird. Like, it's weird. You're going for some reflective glory there, some stolen valor. It's not okay. Stolen valor. <laughs> Stealing valor from baking soda. <laughs> it's America's number one trusted baking soda brand. Come on. Breaking soda. Breaking soda. <laughs> that could be an interesting All right, let's break TV, some soda on this TV tournament. Show. Okay, let's go. You know, that's what, like, uh, teetotalers do when they have a boat. They don't do champagne. They do soda. They break it on. The, what, what exactly is a teetotaler? It's a anti, like, beyond what you are, who is just a person who doesn't drink because you don't like ah. it. It's somebody who's, like, very anti-alcohol. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So you know how you break champagne on a new yeah. boat? They won't break a champagne. No, they break, they break a soda. They break, like, a Pepsi or breaking something. Breaking soda. Yeah. Breaking soda. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That could be a whole thing for rich teetotalers. We sell breaking soda. It's not soda you'd want to drink. It's just for breaking on your new boats. Yeah. That's yeah, a it's great terrible. business idea. It's terrible soda. <laughs> <laughs> and it's environmentally friendly for the it's fish. It's really weird that people will break a bottle of champagne against a boat. That's a weird thing to do. I guess you're like, I'm so rich, I have a boat. Of course I can Yeah, destroy I think that's the kind champagne. of the point, actually. It's so dumb, but... Of course it is, but it's, like, it's symbolic and it feels good. You know who's doing a lot of it's that? It's like is burning a $100 bill. Most of the people in this tournament are the kind of guys yeah. who are like, except they're not just like breaking champagne against their boats. They're doing it against like their workers. and Yeah, yeah, of course. Bring me someone, anyone, <laughs> and give me a bottle of champagne. Yeah. I want to I'm so them. rich that I, I can do whatever I want to this person. <laughs> <laughs> Feels great. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the kind of player these dudes are, and you know, but it's okay because it's a million dollar. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> We're happy about it. Well, we really, we really have delved into the uh, the class warfare. This Whatever. Who cares? We're just fucking around. Are we? Let's see if these players are fucking around. Okay, let's see. All right, this was suggested by Ruthino or okay. Philip Ruthard. I'm pretty sure on Twitter, but Ruthino on Discord suggested on Discord because not an idiot. Discord is the place to suggest. Use the link in the description of this podcast to get to our Discord. We have fun discussions there. We post threads for each hand that we do. We have solver work there, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Wesley Cannon's going to do the solver work on this. We haven't seen it yet, but we'll come back at the end of the podcast and see what he had to say. Wesley will post his entire findings on Discord, and you can chat about it there. Sounds cool. So we'll see you there. Okay. Uh, all right. We're at 15K and 30K. This is episode six of nine or 10. So... We're not in the money, but we're, you know, getting to the serious part of the tournament, which I guess the whole thing is pretty serious when it's one and a quarter million dollars to buy in. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this fellow named Putra, who we know nothing else about, he doesn't really have any success via Hendon. Um, yeah, at all. But the thing is, like, I said this to Jonathan when we were watching. I was like, this guy, without knowing, like, I haven't heard of him. So I'm guessing he's not a pro because I would have heard of any pros playing a buy-in this size. You would think. Um, but the way he carries himself at the table is kind of pro-like. Mm-hmm. There is one thing he does in the hand, not an action, but like the way he does the action that feels a little less pro-like, and that's like the one glimmer of maybe not a pro, besides the Hendon, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
He's got the. He plays a lot of poker at the very least, based on the way he carries himself. I would hope he plays a lot of poker. It's a million point one point two five million. Who cares? Buy-in. I mean, the type of guys who are playing this thing, a lot of them have billions of dollars. Who cares? I don't know the whole thing's so weird. But all right, let's yeah. go. Um, so he's got two queens, two black queens under the gun. Okay, he's going to raise to seventy five k over the thirty k. Cool, fine. Folds around to Alfred de Carolus in the big blind, famous for acting. <laughs> yeah. He's got three million, hundred big blinds. Mm-hmm. King four of diamonds. He's going to defend. Sounds fine. To I me. think we're okay so far. Yep, no one's done anything wrong yet. Correct. Pot's one hundred ninety-five k. Okay. The flop is three of clubs, nine of diamonds, five of diamonds. So DeCarolus makes a flush draw, king high flush draw. Putra still has an overpair. Yeah. How do you want to approach this hand from DeCarolus's position? That's a great question. Uh, Okay, we're up against the under-the-gun range, which is a very strong range. Yeah. Um, I don't know that we want to play this hyper-aggressively. I don't, I, my, my initial instinct is I don't, we're, we're pretty deep. I don't want to build a really big pot against a very strong range. Um, Would it be different if you had the nut flush draw? Oh, that's interesting. Um, maybe slightly it doesn't. I don't think it matters that much. Like by having the king blocks, like I think it matters because a lot, like not a lot, but at least a, a significant enough of a portion of the get it in range that my opponent has here includes nut flush draws. A lot, most of like he's heavy on nut flush draws out of flush draws because he's under the gun. When you say get it in, you don't necessarily mean on the flop. You just mean overall. Like yeah, during the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, right. Like, that's fair. So I don't like. I'm concerned that a lot of Putra's flush draws are not flush draws, and that's bad. Got it. Um, I mean, Putra can have clearly like ace-king, ace-queen, king-queen type stuff. Maybe ace-jack even. We don't know, right? Um, so I'm uh, certainly ace-jack suited. Yeah. Ace-ten suited. Um, King-jack suited. So lots of stuff that he might absolutely bet fold. Yeah. Um, if we were to be aggressive here on the flop. But, but he's also got all the overpairs. He's not super wide here, we would assume, right? Yeah. Um, my inclination is not to, to be like, even on this board, which is a good board for us, like 9-5-3, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, that, that's us way more than him from a range point of view. Right. So do we um, expect him to bet ace-jack without diamonds? I would expect uh, the under-the-gun range is often going to bet here uh, against the big blind. Because it's not quite coordinated enough? It's not coordinated enough. Was, and, like, we just have a lot of folds. But if it were 3-5-6, you would not expect that? I would be le- much, expecting much less. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Maybe not zero, but a lot less. So I just feel like I, I'm not that interested in, uh, in playing a huge pot right now uh, on this board. Like, also, what are we really saying we have anyway? Like, what, what's our value if we were to get funky here? Like, pocket fives, pocket nines, pocket threes, fine. Um, we have a few. Uh, we've got five, three suited, maybe five, three off, but probably five, three suited only. Five, three off, I would guess, yes. I would From guess... under the gun, we might just be folding. Maybe, but we have 100 blinds. Well, they have, they have less, though. They have, they have 66. Yeah, yeah so that, But maybe. We maybe can have 5-3 off. 9-5 um, off, 9-3 off. We don't have 9-3 no. off. I don't know if we have 9-5 off. I'd rather have 5-3 off than 9-5 yeah, off. Yeah, me too. I think he, we definitely have 9-5 suited, though. Yes, of course we have 9-5. We have all the suited stuff, I think. Maybe even 9-3 suited. Maybe right? even 9-3 suited. So, but, we, but that's just not very many combos of value, you know? Like, yeah. we don't... It, there, it's, there's just not a lot here. So that's just another reason not to want to get too jiggy with this kind of a hand against the under-the-gun range. Well, I think it really depends on, like, 
if our plan is to check raise as if we're going to take an aggressive action, it really depends on what we expect Pucher to be betting. If yes. we think he's going to check back ace jack, which you don't, right, then, don't, then that means we can raise a lot more profitably. That's fair. That's a really fair point. Um, I just expect he's going to bet mo- most, if not all, of his range on this board against the big blind. And In which case, raising has to be profitable. That's that's um, it probably is profitable. I guess I worry about implied odds and like we don't need to play a big pot right now. I, I never really liked that argument. The need to play a big pot right now thing that, that feels old. It's not the same thing, but it feels like in the same room as the like I had to make something happen. Mm, that's not that's not unfair. That that's reasonable. Um, but like the continuing range is problematic, right? Like if we raise and he doesn't fold. We're really going to need to hit. Like, I, we're not going to fold. We may struggle to fold out, like, all the overpairs. It, it doesn't matter if he's betting all of his whiffs. But think about, okay, think about the, the tree of this, right? So, like, he bets his whiffs, we raise, we win right now. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of ones where we win right now. We win a relatively small pot right now. We check raise, he calls. Okay. Now he's got an overpair. Yeah. Or, or the nut flush draw or whatever he has, right? Um, but he's not folding. We bet the turn. He calls. We don't have to bet the turn. Are we not going to bet the it, turn? It, we might not. If, if, if okay, let me, let me yeah, go ahead. put this out very discreetly. Please. If we, in this discreet scenario, know that Putra is betting his entire range on this flop, and let's assume Putra is not a nit, and he's got ace-10 suited plus ace-jack off plus um, king-queen off, king-queen suited, queen-jack suited, mm-hmm. king-jack suited, all of these hands, um, that he's betting all of them. It has to be profitable in a vacuum to check raise. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Okay. That's fair. And, and if that's the case, and we can assign that hand range to him, and including all of his value that yeah. he's betting, then we can just check the turn if we miss. And yeah. it's, okay. still, it's still profitable. Okay. In my mind, I was thinking we were always going to continue on the turn, or almost always. But you're right. If we're, if we're going to just do it as a discrete moment, and if we're also going to really be reasonable about, like, well, now he's got an overpair most of the time. Yeah. He's not folding. And maybe on certain cards, like an ace, maybe we continue because actually that's a really good card for us, right? Yeah. Like we have the nut flush draw there, and he doesn't that often yeah. have that, and he doesn't have aces as much, and all the other overpairs now hate that card, right? right? Um, but like a lot of cards, maybe we actually do check, and we're like, okay, that didn't work, and I didn't improve, and that's a bad card for me. I'm not, I'm not continue. If, so if we're going to do it thoughtfully, maybe, that is, maybe that's a pretty good I actually line. think that's a super reasonable line. Um, now, of course, this is contingent upon Putra betting all of his misses. Right, which we don't actually know. And it's, it really depends on how he views this board texture. You thought it was a, a bet. For I, don't, I don't... Yeah, I also just don't love the story we're telling as DeCarolis. Now, maybe it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It actually doesn't. I mean, you say that, but like we're assuming Ace-Jack is an insta-fold. Yes. Maybe it isn't. Okay. we're not telling a good story. I mean... If, let's, okay, so there's 195K in the pot. Let's yeah. say he... I'm going to tell you that Butcher does bet. He bets 125. Yeah. If we make it 425, there aren't that many players in the world who are calling with ace-jack with no draw. Um, I agree, but, like, if they have the ace of diamonds, they I, may call to take it away, to take it away would on a you? diamond turn. When we're this deep yeah. in position uh, against this story, yeah, I might. Mr. Always concerned about the SPR? <laughs> we're... We're, we have a lot of money back. Well, I mean, what's the SPR going to be? If they made it 425? Yeah. Um, oh, it's going to be really bad, isn't it? Jeez, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be less than two to one. Yeah. Okay, that's not good. I guess I'm thinking about it from like a SPR from a cash game point of view, like assuming that it was, we were deeper than we are. Like we're right. 200 blinds to start there. Yeah, game. yeah. So then, like, yeah, you can call there and it's going to be fine. 
Um, okay, but now what you're talking about is, oh, well, DeCarolis has got $3 million. He's not the one with $2 million, so that makes So he can afford to, like, put in that money. But he is going to take, like, carve out a bunch of his stack to do this. But I guess if it's profitable, it doesn't matter. I mean, if it's profitable, it's profitable. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's probably not at a point where the ICM value of his stack is a factor enough to change the profitability of the chip EV in the hand. I feel like there's a better play that can be made, but it's... Um, it's it's not really fair for me to say this because it's contingent on some things happening. So we can't know that they're going to happen or not. Like, I would be more interested in calling here and looking to potentially check raise certain turns, actually. Yeah. I feel like that's a bit much stronger, much more believable play. Um, like, there's a lot of turns that are going to be, that overpairs may feel inclined to bet, but are really bet folding. And, like, we don't need to improve it could just be, but but it, and it makes our story very plausible. Well, it all once again, it all comes back to what Putra's flop betting range is. Yes, because if right. if Ace Jack is in there and we call the flop, and then the turn is a whatever card that we He's, feel like check raising, and he checks back, and we are going to the river with less equity than Ace Jack. Right, but then we can bluff out Ace Jack on the river pretty easily. Right? I guess sometimes, like, yeah. Like I mean, he could make us. He could hit one of his. Yeah, it's not six outs because the diamonds are good for us, but maybe it's five five. Four and, a, four and a half outs or something like yeah. that. Right? You can hit one of those and call, but otherwise we're almost always going to win, right? Yeah. I mean, and so, to so, be, so, so to I be like clear. That play, I like that line better, but you do make a totally fair point about from a just like if it's profitable, it's profitable. And if this guy's going to bet all his, his whole range. Do you think you would bet your whole range here? Because I was saying I think, I think he would not. First glance would. was uh, I was thinking probably not. Because the board is just It's not. a little bit more coordinated than yeah. I would like it to be and a lot more in favor of DeCarolis than me. Yeah. So I would think, I mean, like the nine is a bit of a hanger. It's like with the five and the three, it's, but it does create some gut shots, which is good for us, I guess, as far as like yeah. calling. But then we have to be calling with hands like Ace Jack. Some of the time. I yeah. don't want to do. Well, this is why I was saying like yeah. the Ace of Diamonds, like you might actually yeah, but, call. But but as you see too the, short as, as yeah. Putra to do that. You're right. Like Putra only starting with two million means you, put, you have one and a half million left and there's, there's one million in there and it's, it's not great. Yeah. You can't really call with Ace Jack now. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Um, okay, so so my inclination is to wait to tell a slightly better story some of the time. Uh, the, there are some problems with that. You don't always get to do that. The cards don't always comply, right? You also can let him catch up with his ace-jacks and ace-kings in a way that he's not going to fold. Yep. Also, he may have some... He may have, like, have like 10-9 suited, Putra might, bet the flop, we call. A king comes on the turn... Not king, sorry. A queen comes on the turn, it goes check, check. We bet the river, and he calls right yeah. away. And it's like, oh, that sucked. Yeah. Now, I mean, we got, to, we got to realize our equity relatively cheaply, but we never took an aggressive action until the end. And, like, there may have been better ways to do yep. this, right? Yeah. I, th- I think it's become very trendy among high-level players to never check-raise flush draws, you know, except for very specific scenarios. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one where you could go either way if Putra bets. I mean, and to be clear, if Putra was in middle position even, I would feel like so much better about this as a check raise than under the gun. But, yeah. I, but I think your points are reasonable and make sense, for sure. I don't think calling is terrible either, by the way. With yeah. Putra does bet 125, DeCarlos does call. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, and I think that's a fine play. I just think raising is a viable option. Yeah. Now, we have no idea what Putra would do with ace-jack because we know he has two queens. Yes, that's right. That's right. So uh, I didn't write down how much is in the pot, so that's good. Well, it's not hard to figure out. It's yeah. 250... It's uh, 445. 445, that's right. Someone's a math expert. Yep. It's million percent math expert. Million percent. <laughs> Turn is the six of clubs. That's one of them bingo cards. Yeah. I mean, it's not a diamond, but now DeCarlos is open-ended uh, to go along 
with his flush draw. This is exactly the kind of card that I was talking about, too, yeah. which is probably why I was talking about it, right? Because I was like, well, geez, based on the Six of Clubs turn, boy, that, that's a really beautiful check-raising card, not just because it gives us more equity, but also because the story is so much better now, right? Well, the thing is, that card hits our range so hard, yeah. I would be concerned that overpairs are going to check back sometimes. So I possible. think leading might be a better play. Oh, that's interesting. Do we really think an overpair is going to fold if we lead, though? I don't believe so. Maybe not, yeah. I don't think they will. So, But I mean, we can fold out the ace-jacks of the world. That is true. But we, again, we can probably fold them out on the river, too. Yeah. Um, but will ace-jack really fire again? I mean, will any of these things fire again on the turn when the six of clubs comes? I would, I would be inclined to say no. Let's like, if, if, like, looking... I know what happens, but, yeah. like, thinking blind, I would... Like, if, if I'm sitting there with two kings and the six of clubs comes, I'm probably checking. Yeah. Like... I don't see I, the value in betting. Right. Like, either you're folding right away. Like, what's... I, I can charge the draws, but that's the only good thing that comes of this, right? Like, like all the made hands are probably folding. Like, if you, if you have a nine and I go bet, bet, it's not easy to call twice when I was under the gun and I bet again. Yeah. Like, I may not be able to get much value out of you. And uh, boy, am I set up to be putting money in as the second best hand a lot when you don't fold. Right. So, like, it feels like a really natural check back, and we can call rivers. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe that's, that's problematic. And maybe this goes to your point of, like, leading at least can knock out the ace jacks and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Maybe we're just always going to – maybe we just can't get an overpair to fold because they're going to check this back or call if we lead. And it's not about that, you know. Yeah, just realize price better and, to realize the equity, suppose. And we get to fold out the unpaired hands, which is a big victory. And us. if we get the miracle of the overpair betting again, or the air betting again, which is a super miracle, we get the check race, which is way more powerful, and overpair will probably fold against well, that. Well, yeah, I was, I was just starting to make your case, though, for the lead. I know. And you're, oh, yeah, and you're sort of going yeah. the other way. That's interesting. Um, I think both are kind of interesting. You know, like, neither one feels like they're going to be wildly effective but I, maybe leaning is better because I'm concerned now that we're talking about it that like we're just going to get checkbacks from maybe the entire range or almost the entire range. I mostly agree with you, but um, I think we will definitely ha- generate more fold equity by check raising if we do get the bet. Oh my! I mean, I, I expect we could with these exact hands that everyone has. If we check and if somehow Putra decides to bet, a check raise should fold out two points, yeah. right? Like. I don't know. Two queens is like this is a terrible spot for two yeah. queens to be in. You know, unless they know we're wacky and crazy, and I don't believe Alfred de Carolus is. Like, I would think that would be very effective. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with you. A check raise is way more powerful. Yep. A lead, not so much. De Carolus ends up checking, which yeah. I mean, it's whatever, fine. fine. Okay, maybe maybe this is amateur because yeah. Putra does bet. And the thing that I was referring to about the seeming amateurish was how quickly he bet. In, yeah. in, if you watch the video, which we're going to make a video on this one, it's like two seconds after DeCarlo's checks, he just immediately bets 325 into 445. And that feels like a poker mistake, but also a real mistake not to like take some time and think about this before betting. Recognize that this card is all over DeCarlo's range. Yeah. Like, this is always a check, right? You're supposed to check unless you have a complete calling station. Maybe DeCarlo's is a complete calling station. That I mean, it's that. And the other thing I was thinking is maybe Putra, and I don't know if Putra could know this, but it's possible these guys play together a lot, right? Um, since we don't know who Putra is, like, yeah. he might be playing in all these big cash games with DeCarlo's. Yeah. Um, but maybe Putra also thinks, like, if he gets raised, he's always behind. And so he can sort of play perfectly. The problem is if he gets raised by two pair, which is a reasonable raise in this spot, I think. Yeah. Um, 
well, you've got equity against two pair, but you don't have equity against straights. Like, you have to fold, I think, if you get raised, but you have reasonable equity against some of that range. What if you get raised by DeCarolis's hand, which would be totally reasonable, yeah. and then you just folded the best hand exactly. and you have more equity than him? Right. Right. Like, we're, by the way, you don't even need a hand as strong as DeCarolis's to make this play, right? He could have jacked 10 of diamonds and yeah. make this raise, too, because that six is so much better for him. Like, he happens to also pick up more equity. But right. That more equity is not necessary, I think, to make this play based on this board. Yeah, this is a mistake to bet, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. It's just a range-based check. It just has to be. Yeah, it's like, hope the river isn't brutal. Now, maybe, maybe they play together a lot, and he's like, oh, DeCarolis is definitely going to call me with any nine, which, you know, I think a lot of players are going to fold the nine at this right. point. Um, but maybe the careless won't. I don't and, know. And maybe not just any nine. Maybe it's more than any nine. Maybe any five, too? Yeah. Maybe Putra is aware, for example, like, oh, DeCarolis has seen me double and triple barrel with ace-king in this spot a lot. You know, like, so the fact I actually have something here is, like, incredible. And, of course, I, you know, of course I'm betting, and he's calling with everything. You know, right. And it's fine. Like, if that's, that's what you need. If that's the case, fine. But without any of that knowledge, we don't like it. And even so, even if that's the case, it's a little questionable because we're playing this million-dollar tournament. And I know million dollars maybe doesn't matter to these guys. But we're playing a tournament where you can't replace the chips. Right. So you're supposed to be more careful in these spots, I, I think, mostly, right? Mostly. I mean, in a tournament, you're always supposed to be more careful than in a cash game. Well, but sometimes you can be a little more reckless because everyone else is being more careful. Right? Yes, but, but when you have a marginal hand yes. in a tournament, you should always be more careful than yeah, when you yeah. have a marginal hand in a cash game, pretty yeah. much. And this goes, again, back, like you're saying, to Putra's probable amateurism, right? Yeah. That he may not think he has a marginal hand. Right. He may be like, oh, I have queens. Right. So strong. Right. And it's like, well... Well, the situation doesn't say that, yeah. Which is why DeCarolis should absolutely raise now. I, I mean, don't see the, any reason not to. The miracle happened, right? Like, the guy fired, and unless he has pocket nines... He's got to fold. Let's commit ourselves to this pot. Like, let's make it 950 or something like that. Yep. And if Putra moves in, so be it. You know, we have outs against everything. It's fine. Yeah. And in this case, we have straight outs, flush outs, and king outs. Yeah. It's pretty good. Right. We've, I think we have 15 outs here. Yeah. Like, that's not bad at all. Yeah. And by the way, what if he folds? He could absolutely fold queens. I think he's going to fold queens. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's... Oh, I'm it, upset because DeCarolis calls. Yeah, it's this, such an opportunity. This, like, the flop, the flop is one thing where yeah. it's like it's profitable. This feels like wildly profitable, the yep. check raise. And this is, of course, I knew this was coming, and this is why I was saying, like, there may be better opportunities. Right. Like, there's, there's a bunch of good cards. This is one of the best possible check raising cards where we didn't actually, um, we improved our equity a bit, but we didn't actually improve. And yet, like, our, it's good for our range. It's bad for his range. It's, it's good on so many levels. The story is good now. We can have straights. We can have flush, not flushes. We can have straights. We can have two pairs. We can have sets. We can have so many things. And he can't call with almost anything. He's got to have a set or, or two pair, and he doesn't really have any two pair in his range. Or he's got to be stubborn as hell with an over pair, yeah. which Maybe is he is. But it's unlikely, yeah. right? Most, it's unlikely. most players are going to fold an over pair here. Yeah. And actually, yeah, well, I won't get into it, but. Yes, I think most players are going to fold it over. And that's why, like, I don't expect to see Sam Greenwood betting this turn. Right, right. And so I think this is a huge missed opportunity for DeCarolis. Huge. This feels like a big mistake by both players, actually. Yeah, it does. Anyway, here we are. King yes. four of diamonds for DeCarolis. Queens for Putra. Nitrogen sports. I was afraid you were... I was just thinking to myself, is he going to do the ad? Or I actually going to have to burst in and make sure we I do the ad. I had kind of forgotten about the ad until yeah. now, but yeah. here it is. I just was thinking about it, though. Just as we're about to go to the river, I'm like, uh, uh-oh, we have not paid the bills, and bills must be paid. Yeah, the bills you know? got to get paid, or yeah. else how are we going to become the reverse Robin Hoods of, like <laughs> exactly. these guys are? Exactly. There are homeless people out there whose stuff I want. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the motto of nitrogen sports. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> our longtime sponsor who always says, say the nicest things. Um, we do love them, and they are a good company. They, they've been sponsoring this, this podcast for six, seven years. How, no, six, five no. years? A little over five. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've had very few complaints about them. They're, they're no, awesome. People love them, and, and we love them. And they have the monthly Poker Guys tournament, which yes. is the final Sunday of every month. It's a great tournament. You've got to get in there. In order to access that tournament, you have to use the link in the description of the, this podcast. That's the only way you get access to that or other cool specials that are associated with being a Poker Guys person. Which there are. Yeah. So. Yeah, you get March Madness free entry into a bracket, and uh, they pay out in Bitcoin, in, you know, real money, real Bitcoin money. Same with NFL Survivor pools, stuff like that. It's yeah. fun. They also have sports betting, casino games, and they take from the homeless, which is yeah. great. Apparently, they're going to make NFTs of the homeless items that they have procured and sell those. Right. And maybe even do some giveaways, but only to rich people. <laughs> <laughs> Classic nitrogen. <laughs> I wonder if they listen. Anyway. Oh, God. This, is, this might be the end. This might be the one that ends it all. <laughs> yeah, they all, they, they all could be. Yeah. Anyway, it's a legitimately good place. Yeah. Come check it out. Come play with us, and uh, we'll see you there. Yeah. All right. So the board is three of clubs, nine of diamonds, five of diamonds, six of clubs, Okay. We've got check call, check call from DeCarolos with king four of diamonds. We've got bet bet from Putra with two black queens. Got 1.095 million in the pot. We've got the old queen of diamonds. So sick. On the river. What the sick one outer to really fuck everything up. Man. Yeah, this is the one, right? This is the card. Yeah. I mean, the straight cards would be scary. The, the flush chart card is scary, but also makes Putra a set. Right. If, uh, yeah. Like, there's, a lot of cards would be scary to Putra or whatever, but making, making top set here seems unfair. Yeah. All right. How do you want to approach this as the careless? Okay. This is a really good question. So, first of all, Putra's got like one and a half million back. The pot is about 1.1 million, right? Yeah. Give or take. Um, do we believe if we check, we can, we're going to get a bet out of Putra... A reasonable amount of the time, I think, is the first question. I think we'll probably get a bet out of queens, kings, and aces. If he had a set already, we'll probably get a bet out of that. If he, if he had a hand like ace-king and was barreling, if he's one of those guys. Yeah. If he has the ace of diamonds, maybe he might decide to go for maybe. it. Maybe. It's possible. Yeah. Bryn Kenny would. I don't know if Putra would. Yeah. Right? Um, okay. So all of that. Uh if he had a hand like jacks or tens... I or, think he's checking back those yeah. hands. Is he really going to bet kings on this card? I, I'm Probably if we check, right? He might go for value. It's What's supposed to call him? It's pretty close. I mean, is a nine really going to call here? Is two, are two tens? If somehow I mean, we have two tens... Apparently Putra thinks Takeralos is a calling station, yeah, so maybe. Does. Yeah, maybe you're right. Okay, so that, that's, that's step one, is we think at least there are bets if we were to check. We think... We're not. It's a little hard. This hand is. This hand's going to bet if we check. I yes, believe. I think so. But but you could never put him necessarily on this hand when amongst the. We're thinking about the range here. Um, is he going to bet? How much is he going to bet? Almost never is he going to call a check raise. We we have to check raise just in case. Yeah. But it actually. God, do we have to check raise? Maybe we need to talk about that if if we even, because we're worried about the nut flush. The nut flush ain't folding. Is everything else folding? Maybe if Jack Ten of Diamonds could we could get value out of, but. What else? Nine, ten of diamonds, jack, ten of diamonds? Yeah, I don't even know if those are going to call. The nine of diamonds is on the board. It's just jack, ten of diamonds. I don't even know if that's going to call. King, jack of diamonds? No, nope, we have the king. It's just jack, ten of diamonds. Yeah. So there's one combo we'd really be trying to get clear, obvious value out yeah, of. Yeah, we have to lead. 
we have okay, to we, we have, have to lead. lead and we have to lead big to right. set our price because I think if he does bet, especially a non set hand, it's gonna be pretty small. If he has aces here, he's gonna try and squeeze that little it's bit of value out of nine or something. Yeah, and we raise and he insta folds. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, we have to lead. Okay. There's one point one million in the pot. How much do you want to lead? Seven fifty. To get called by. Hopefully kings or aces that are heroing. They have to have a diamond in their hand, right? Then kings even then can't. it's like eesh. Like, what, what hand does DeCarolis have that he went, check, call, check, call, lead big. Yeah. When the big diamond comes, it really is, looks like a flush. It's the curse of riches here, right? Because it's difficult to find a way to get value based yeah. on how he played the hand. That's right. This is why check raising earlier would have been a lot better. for. This is just another reason. Yep. Strongly agree. Strongly agree. We could have already built this pot up. Yeah. Now, now we're at sort of the mercy of the board being terrifying i think we might as well bet a little bigger just in case like 750 and 500 whatever probably going to be about the same he's got aces with the ace of diamonds or kings with the king of diamonds well he can't have the king of diamonds you're right if he's got aces with the ace of diamonds or somehow pocket queens ace queen with the ace of diamonds whatever like cool maybe he'll call like and maybe maybe it's 500,000 300 400,000 700,000 is all the same so yeah going bigger is good right if we get raised we're just gonna have to call it off right Yikes. I think we have to. It's just one raise. We have the second nuts. We're only beating the nut flush blocker. Yes. And we have to know the guy is capable of making that play. I don't know if we're only beating the nut flush blocker. If he has jack 10 of diamonds, is he definitely not raising? Correct. It's the third nuts. He's Are you not, sure he's not raising? Uh, I feel like you're too sure about that. I feel pretty sure. I feel I, I feel I Oreo. You, I feel Oreo on the top of Mount Everest. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you definitely wouldn't raise, but I don't know that means Putra definitely. Okay, wouldn't but raise. I don't know anything about Putra, so I'm not going to assign right, some. But, but but you're assigning. I'm not saying it's. I, I'm. I think a lot of people would raise a flush. And I, I don't. Assuming Putra is not an idiot. Yeah. I don't think he's raising Jack Ten of Diamonds. Why? Why would you raise Jack Ten of Diamonds? To get value from smaller flushes? Like what? Let's see. Um, like seven, eight of diamonds. We that had did, a straight on the that turn. did not check raise the turn. Yeah. Or the flop. That seems unlikely. Uh, we have jack 10, right? Yeah. So there aren't that many other flushes really that exist. We could have a hand like eight deuce of diamonds. We could have you know, just been suited in diamonds, period. And you think eight deuce of diamonds is going to call if jack 10 of diamonds raises? I mean... It's supposed to. Really? There's no difference between eight deuce of diamonds and king X of diamonds except you're higher up in your Right, which is why this is the whole part of the discussion we're having, right? About if we should call with king four of diamonds if we get raised. And that's where we led to jack ten of diamonds if jack ten of diamonds is raising. Right. So I'm saying I think, I think you're supposed to call if you get raised when you have a flush. Yes, in most cases. In, in this the, case, in an though. Un, in an unpaired, un, unpaired board. In this that. case, though, if you lead... After the guy just bet bets. If you lead big, maybe, maybe it's different. If you lead smallish, so okay, just to paint the whole picture, DeCarlos does lead, yeah. right? And he leads not for the sizing you're talking about. He leads for 500K into 1.1 million. Yeah. If he gets raised here, do you think he's supposed to fold? I think he's supposed to call against Bryn Kenny, as you might always say. For sure. I don't know about with yeah. Putra. Okay, that's like, fair. I, okay. Think, I think against most players, you have to strongly consider folding, but probably end up calling because you just have too good of a hand. Yeah. I think if you had a weaker flush than Jack-10 of diamonds, you should fold. Hmm. No question about it. It would be awful to call with eight deuce of diamonds, and I think you would be a bad player by doing it, unless you really knew something about your opponent. Unless you knew the guy is capable of yeah. the Bryn Kenny... Whatever, Stephen Chidwick. I, I think against Bryn Kenny, you fold the eight high flush anyway. You have to use really? you have to use distribution. Just call with your better flushes. Like it's too it's too low of a flush. 
I guess if we're only leading our flushes here on the river, which we probably are. We what might, else would we, we lead? lead? Yeah, it'd be weird to lead a straight now. Like, we probably check races yeah. straight on the turn. Um, then we can get rid of our, our worst flushes. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Um, so, ultimately, I think, based on our side discussion, I, I think raising Jack 10 of Diamonds is a very bad play if you're Putra. Well, if we think De Carolus is a calling station... Well, okay... Then, That's different, but right? we have to. He has to be calling station who also led a weaker hand than Jack Ten of Diamonds. Yes, calling stations aren't typically going to be that guy. Well, if they made a flush, they can lead their flush. Whatever the flush is, okay. they might lead their flush. So, That's still a strong. But hand. it's not that many flushes that got here this That's way. That's true. That's the problem. Is like, but when we did the, I mean, again, he could have eight deuce of diamonds, and if he's a calling station, we'd really be missing out on. And he might have fold that pre flop anyway. He might, but he really might not. Like, yeah. He might be calling all suited stuff. Maybe it's a, it's an unknown. I'll grant, I'll grant you, he may, he may absolutely not have that hand in his range here. He might have four, six of diamonds. That's a handy call preflop, call on the flop, call the turn for sure, and, uh, sure. and lead the river. We have to be really sure he's calling but with those hands. But now we need to make sure he calls with that yeah. hand on the river. Otherwise, yeah, it's like, so? Yeah. Cool, he has it. So what? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know that everyone is as careful and as dear about, some people are, but as dear about their um, tournament life as you are. And I think that makes you better than a lot of players, right? Like, for sure. Um, but I think that... I think a lot of players are going to call it off a lot lighter than you imagine they will. You know, I, just, like, I mean, like we see that, like Rick Solomon. Now, that's not the best example, but Rick Solomon is in this tournament. Yeah, he's, he's got to call it off a bit lighter. I agree. Like, if Rick Solomon leads and you've got the Jack Ted Diamonds, are you, yeah. also, are you raising or not? Yes. You are. Okay, good to know. Yeah. But that's, that's a, an it's extreme. Different. That's the guy who did the thing against Vogelsang with the 7-8. Of course. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, like, I don't know enough about Alfred DeCarolis to say yeah. he's that guy. I don't know that either. I certainly don't know. I don't that. imagine that he is because it's hard to be that guy. It's hard to, to, it's hard to call in a worse spot than that okay, and be the guy who was capable of doing that in a million-dollar buy-in. So if you were Putra and instead of having queens here, you had the king jack of diamonds, right, yeah. which you might play just like this. You get led into for 500k on the river, and yeah. 1.1 million, and you've got 1.5 back. Um, are you raising or are you calling? God, that's so close. I think it's really close. Yeah, I don't know. It would, it would be player dependent. Yeah, I think I'm mostly raising, um, partially because I would assume the nut flush draw is going to take an aggressive action at least some of the time earlier in the hand. Wouldn't you expect all flush draws to do that? I would, but there, but the other flush draws are going to have more pair and flush draw stuff. Okay. Maybe. It's not a lot. That, I mean, that's pretty weak. There's only the three and six on the board, yep. right? And he could have ace three and ace six anyway. So that's really the same. That's not a good point that I'm making. Um, I think the nut flush draw is probably more inclined to make a play at us, even though it probably shouldn't be. But I think people... Because you can get it in with the nut flush draw yeah. much more of the time, right? I did make that point on the flop. Yeah. So, so that, would, that would lean me towards a little bit wanting to raise more. And I would just feel like... I would assume that the amateurs can't fold, can't fold the flush. Like, I don't know, I the think amateurs Peters can, but I, don't, I, I think amateurs mostly can't. The amateurs who are playing in a $1.25 million tournament and are like taking it very yeah. seriously, they yeah. might be folding the 10 high flush. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And like the first million dollar one drop, the guy folded quads because yeah. he thought the other guy had a straight flush. And that was an amateur, right? That was a businessman. I'm pretty sure there was businessman v. businessman yeah. on that one. I mean, I can't imagine a. A pro doing that in almost any situation, folding quads there, right? It has to be, like, perfectly lined up, Yeah, right? like James Opes, maybe in the right spot yeah. against uh, the guy with the hair Ruan, and the Michael Ruan. Yeah, Michael Ruan. Um, sure. That, the, but that was also a really different spot. That wasn't quads. That was bottom full house. It was quads. 
It was quads. We talked about this like two days ago. I, I think it was, it was quads. It was not quads. It was not quads. He had pocket sevens. It was not quads. Are you sure? I am sure because he later said, he tweeted, I like to believe even if I had quads, I would have folded. I still remember that. I'm going to look it he up. Says, I remember he said he hoped he had quads. It was not quads. It was bottom full. It was the worst full house. That was part ah. of it. Okay. You see that? Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. So it's actually a pretty straightforward fold for him there. It looks amazing. But like unless Ruan's losing his mind with the nut flush in his spot when he just doesn't have to, and they've been playing, it's like day six or something. Like, like you just know Ruan's not doing that, right? Like Ruan's going to call there. Like you, of course, have full houses, and he wouldn't think he could get you to fold them. So, yeah, this is uh, – it seems like a, it's, it's, a, it's a much easier fold than it looks like. If, if Ope says top full house, I don't know that he's necessarily folding, right? It's a really different spot. Okay, whatever. Yeah. None of this matters. Right. Um, it, what does matter is that apparently it was a mistake for DeCarolis to lead because Putra folds. <laughs> Putra folds the set. Now, on one level, what is DeCarolis leading with that, that we can We beat? just had a whole discussion about how you can't lead anything but a flush. I mean, we didn't, we didn't really get into potential sets and stuff like that, right? Like, let's you said say, you wouldn't lead it straight. I was saying that, but I'm trying to think from DeCarolis' point of view, not mine, for a second, right? Okay. Um, so if we turn, we wouldn't, we almost never have queens here. Obviously, Putra has queens anyway, so he blocks a set of queens. But, like, let's say somehow DeCarolis is slow playing a set, right? Which sometimes these guys will do. Okay, like set detriment. of threes. Set of threes. Set of threes, set of sixes, whatever, something like that, right? Either one. Um, and the river comes, and it's a diamond. He's like, oh, God, aces are going to check back. I have to get value from my aces. And he leads to make sure. And it's a blocking bet as well as a value bet. Right. I wouldn't do... I see guys do that sometimes. I wouldn't do that, but um, in favor of that point, we recently on a podcast had a discussion, which we have every so often, about how distribution can sometimes save you from just, like, trying to figure out your opponent yeah. too much and, and, and folding too good of a hand. Yeah. And this could be one of those cases where, like, I wouldn't lead a set of threes, but... Because queens is so high in our distribution, maybe we have to call with it anyway because we don't have that many flushes in our range. We have jack-10 of diamonds, king-jack of diamonds, and ace-10, ace-jack, and ace-king of diamonds, right? That's it? Yeah. Maybe that's probably it, yeah. Probably. Yeah, so since we don't have, like, a set of queens is the next best thing unless we have seven, eight suited in our range, which we probably don't. So Probably not. So based on distribution, we probably have to call with this hand. And although it feels like we're always against a flush and we can see like this it. hand and we can see that DeCarlos does have a flush, perhaps it's a mistake anyway because of the times when he shows up with the hand that we're like, why would anybody play the hand that way? And I got to tell you, if DeCarlos is the kind of guy who's going to lead a set of threes here, which some guys will, you know that and I know that, yeah. right? Then two pair is not much different than a set of threes if you're trying to get value from an over pair. Right. It's the same. You might play it the same. So now we're even expanding that, that side even more of like hands that we're beating with queens. If DeCarolis is that guy. Right. Now, if we have enough evidence to know that DeCarolis is not that guy yes. and that he's basically only leading flushes, then like bad on DeCarolis for being so face up. Definitely bad on him for not taking an aggressive action earlier in the hand. I feel like that was a major right. mistake and that lost him a lot of value, obviously. Um, maybe, maybe the tourney doesn't get any more money, but the I, flop maybe. This is weird because I was saying at one point like, yeah, like... Uh, you know, you can't really lead anything but a flush here. And yet, if you're only leading flushes, how can you ever get paid? Well, so, so you maybe, so like, you need to be able to lead other things. I mean, you just lead the ace of diamonds. Right. You lead the ace of diamonds, but how do you get here with just the ace of diamonds? Ace nine, ace five, ace three with the diamond? But why lead? Because, like, you, he, you bet, be he, bet, he bet twice. But then, oh, we called the turn? No, why would we call the turn then, if we think we're losing? Okay, that's fair. Unless we think the queen hit him, and we're trying to get the queen to fold, but the queen might not fold. 
Well, we have to. I think I don't think we should lead other value. We have to find a bluff somehow instead. Yeah, because uh, I think leading other value is dumb. Okay, we could lead four six. Okay, so it's a pair, but we're like, yeah. I mean, it's not that different than ace nine, really, in this spot, though, is it? Like, oh, it's almost the same thing. We're losing the eights instead and sevens, but that's it, right? Well, it's because you got here this way more easily than you did with the ace x, maybe. Yeah. Huh. It's. It's hard to come up with bluffs. This is we why have. we want to check raise earlier. Yeah, that's right. That's I mean, how we can have bluffs. Right. But and, and strength. I think once we're here, we do have to lead a I flush. Agree. I agree. We have to. And we can forget about balance for a second and just realize that we have to do that. Yes. Like, there's no other way to play the hand. No, I agree. I agree. And here we are in Putra folds. By the way, how do we check? Putra would have bet. Probably. And we would have made more money. Yeah. But I agree with you. It seems impossible. Like, he happened to make top set, though, right? If he has aces... It just seems hard to imagine. Maybe he puts in a value bet with aces with the ace of diamonds, but probably not. So what do we think? Do we think Putra made a mistake even though he was right? I guess it all depends on DeCarolis. Right. If Putra knows enough about DeCarolis to know he's just got flushes here and maybe straights and nothing else, and probably only flushes because yeah. most straights are going to show up on the turn, going to show themselves, right, with the check raise. Um, and fear this card, by the way. This is such a bad card yeah. for everybody except... The big flushes, yep. really. I mean, or flushes in general, but the big flushes especially. That, yeah. Um, I mean, there's some guys you can just fold here, right? Yeah. Even, even a set. Now, in practice, I haven't played live poker in a while, right? Um, but in practice, I mostly don't fold top set here when they lead unless I really know them because I feel like they're capable. People do weird stuff, and the lower you go, the lower you go down the rung of like player and buy-in and all that, like the more you're going to see, like, I have two pair. Yeah, you got to call. You know, um, whatever. I river to queen, whatever it is. I know. think it ultimately comes down to this for me. Against Avatar, general poker playing population, you have to call just because yep. you don't know what the hell's going on necessarily right. with their range. It's chaos. If you know something about the player and you know enough about the careless to know that he's really likely to only be leading flushes, now you have to be pretty sure about your knowledge, right? Yes. You can convince yourself that you're sure or not be sure, I guess, which is a problem in itself. But let's say that you can be pretty sure. Then you can fold. There are definitely some guys who are only going to have flushes here. Yeah. For sure. And you can be like, this sucks. I fold. I mean, if I were vaulted into Carolus' seat on the river, I would only have flushes. But I would never play the hand this way exactly. up until then. Right. right. Yeah. Like that turn. I mean, if you didn't check raise the flop, we're all check. You and I are always check raising the turn. Yeah. And I think a lot of other players are too. Yeah. Well, let's see what the solver has to say. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> Is it fair to try to solve the careless when we know he's acted before? Can acting truly be solved? <laughs> if you check his Wikipedia page, it's, he's an actor. It's art, man. Yeah, you can't solve art. Is Picasso just numbers to you? Because he shouldn't be. He That's was a man. That's ridiculous, you robot. But anyway, let's use the robot, okay. the solver, and see if we can figure out what the math says. Uh, this was done by, by, done by Wesley Cannon. Uh, let's talk about the flop here. Great. It does want the careless to raise his specific combo, but it can but can call most of his draws, which is interesting. Um, I guess it's just there's not that much value to be had on this board, so it wants to have enough balance. But this is a good enough combo to raise as a draw, I suppose. Certainly a reasonable raise with this hand. Yeah, from even from our point of view, our non-computer brains. Yeah, but you know, calling whatever that's what he does. Yep. We get to the turn. It only wants Putra to bet queens two thirds of the time. Which is interesting. I mean, this is a scary card on the turn. It is. It makes a lot of two pair, makes some straights. Yeah. I mean, I could see checking. I could see myself checking in this Absolutely. spot. Absolutely. And then Quite bluff catch. Yeah. Um, it actually wants him to check with, with hands like two overs and a flush draw, too, just because it hits the big blind range so hard, I suppose. It's like, don't jam on me. Don't jam on me, please. Yep. I don't have to call with this like super marginal spot. Yeah. Right, that's what it's saying. 
And we were really advocating for DeCarolis to either raise the flop or turn. Yes. The solver is fine with how he played it. He actually wants him to just call this combo on the turn, but it does want him to jam some of his combo draws. I don't know why this one is... This seems like a perfectly good one to me, but, you know... And the eternal search for balance, Grant. Yeah. Sometimes some things end up on one end of the ledger instead of the other just because we need to have some things over there. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen Foundation yet, so don't spoil it. <laughs> Everyone dies. Oh, okay. That's, that's good. That's not a spoiler. No, that sounds fine <laughs> to me. It sounds good. All right. <laughs> to the river. Okay. The, the good stuff. It does not want the Carolus to lead with this hand. That is fascinating. It felt like, you know, how are you going to get value if you don't lead? Right. I know it might be a little bit transparent, but... It seems, it seems really hard to get value from weaker hands if you, if you don't lead. I mean, if you don't have bluffs here when you go check call, check call, leading is a problem. And how could you have a bluff? Seems very difficult to have a bluff The here. ace of diamonds with a pair, I guess. That's like a way you can get a bluff. But it's a strange I mean, thing to bluff with. Why, why would you bluff? Yeah. Why, why, why? Yeah. In any two-pair combo you would have made on the turn, you're often raising. You're often not just going to check call and then lead. And why would you lead when the diamond comes? I don't know. Because you're worried about it going check, check, and you want aces to call. That's the reason, right? I guess. Either way, the solver doesn't want him to lead. We thought it was fine. Yeah, um, we did. It, it leads with a little bit of value, but only three combos, mm-hmm. which are still preferred to check jam. Like the other, yeah. and those, those are flush combos, like uh, not flush combos. And they're all, yeah, they're all basically the best flush combos. Yeah, and it still wants him to check jam rather than lead with those hands. Mm-hmm. And this is a bit unsurprising because it's the solver, but Putra is supposed to call 100% with this Yeah, hand. that never, is not surprising. Never fold. Yeah, I mean, it's you a monster top hand. Set. Yeah. And of course, like, in theory anyway, we could, as Putra be, we're not necessarily just bluff catching, right? Like, sometimes Takeros may have turned a set and was slow playing it, or, or flopped a set and was slow playing it, and now it doesn't want to go check-check again, and it's trying yeah. to, like, make sure the aces don't just get to check back for free. Right. Right, that, that's the way you win against value. I suppose that makes sense. I suppose that sometimes. Makes sometimes. 